listen to us boring <laughs> middle-aged motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what excites middle-aged white people. Home repair. <laughs> yeah, get get yourself a eye repair kit. That'll definitely you'll find some screws there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, this is what we are now. We just have to own it. Uh-huh. Okay, welcome to the home repair getting off topic podcast. I, I told I I told you I became a middle aged white man and I suddenly had to buy a pair of, uh, a set of golf clubs. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, hey everybody! <laughs> welcome to the getting off topic podcast. Uh, this is Tony. This is Todd. Um, Andrew is not joining this week. Um, I spoke to him earlier, see if he wanted to keep joining in. But this week, he's actually, well, he's getting some shut eye because they're going out to a, a camping trip tomorrow morning, bright ass early at like 4 a.m. He's got to get up. So, <laughs> so I was like, that's how camping do. Yeah. Well, that'll be fun. Uh, and Meg is uh, still in Memphis. Uh, she went out there and surprised her mom for the week, staying out there, and she'll be back on Wednesday uh once again happy birthday to my my lovely wife who is uh 29 for the uh six year, six year in a row <laughs> <laughs> um no she's an august 6th baby uh so 35 years for her uh also is very very happy that she celebrates alongside lucille ball uh, one of her idols. And also I, one of the headlines that I happened to notice this week uh, is uh, Metroid. The 35th anniversary of the very first Metroid is actually on Meg's birthday, August 6th. Nice. Yeah. So there's a little Nintendo celebration for that. Um, uh, but yeah. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll have to do some fun birthday stuff when she gets back. Meantime, yeah, I've been when you have a weekend free. I know you guys' calendar is pretty full, but we need another another dinner get together. Another dinner and uh, Mortal Kombat club tracks. <laughs> <laughs> that CD is still in my in my car. I can't. I, I don't want to touch it. It's cursed. Oh, you know you love it now. You just let play it on. Reach. No, I haven't played it at all. It's just still in there, and it reminds me CD in deck. <laughs> you're just like don't go down that road <laughs> I need oh. the warrior sold zero <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll just put on track 5 and put that on repeat the only uh, actual good track on there is the original Mortal yeah. Kombat yeah for sure thank god it at least says that uh, yeah, yeah, we'll figure out something. Um, in the meantime, I've just been uh, living my exciting bachelor life. Um, Have you work. done anything? It's just fucking working like always, working my <laughs> stupid ass overtime and uh, uh, got back to playing some Doom, which is nice. Still working on that DLC. Um, watched a few cool things, which we will talk about shortly here. And uh, that's pretty much fucking it i'm a recluse <laughs> uh, turning into me hey i'm happy as a clam at home yeah i i go out occasionally for my breaks and stuff and get some sun say hi to the the duck oh the, the last family of ducks finally left the complex here it looks like i haven't seen them for a few days um, they'll be back in a couple of months yeah we have a shitload of turtles though 
And I, I, somebody has to be feeding them because I feel bad because they're super friendly. Like every time I come up to the little man-made ponds up here, if there's any turtles in the water, they'll come scurrying up to me like they're expecting like food. So somebody's probably been sprinkling some turtle feed or something in there. And I feel bad because I'm like, bro, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't have anything. <laughs> you don't have any pizza to give to the turtles. Jesus. I know. I'll have to, uh, I'll stop by the, tomorrow's my day off. I'm going to stop by the uh, pet store and see if I can find some little goodies to throw at them. Uh, yeah. How about you? What's your, what's your week been like? Sitting inside playing video games, not seeing the sun at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like bliss. What are you playing yes. this week? Uh, so I've actually been playing apex legends. It's a battle royale shooting game. Mm. Um, I'm a couple of years behind the trend, but uh, it's a it's a game for Zoomers, and I'm definitely not a Zoomer. <laughs> I, I can shoot with the best of them, but uh, like all the looting and the, the the other stuff, the 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 movement aspects of it. Did you ever play Titanfall? I guess I think that's a multiplayer, so you probably wouldn't have played that either. Yeah, no, I I saw a bit of the footage, but I never got into it. The very much like movement based shooter rather than just seeing somebody standing still and shooting at them. Like mm-hmm. you're moving around, jumping, doing all kinds of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yep. And then my typical usuals Dota, World, uh, War, uh, Total War, Warhammer, all that good stuff. Hammer. Nice. Uh, watched a lot of cool shit this past week. Uh, so before Meg took off, uh, one of the last things we watched together was, um, excuse me, uh, the final fear street movie, uh, nice. 1666 or whatever it is, uh, 16, 16, something. Um, and, uh, actually, so last time Meg and I were talking to the podcast and we we're kind of lackluster on the whole, uh, fear street series. We're like, it's fine. Yeah, it's kind of like horror light, kind of sanitized. Uh, I mean, yeah. like, there's a few cool like deaths and whatever, a few cool fun parts. But for the most part, we're like, well, the first one was really just nostalgia. So points to that. And then the second one didn't really hold up as much as just like, well, this is a kind of a dull slasher. Um, then we watched the third one and it actually finished so strong. It made the whole piece really good. Like, nice. it, it, you know, the whole story ties together and the way they ended it was really rad. Um, I, yeah, it was just, it was just really good. Like I was, I felt bad for, for trashing it last time. Cause then I turned <laughs> around, you know, had to eat my words. Like we, both of us, Meg and I were like, wow, that was really fucking good. So um, yeah, Tony and Meg approved, go check out the fear street trilogy on Netflix. If you haven't yet, it's a, it's a fun time. Um, uh, Gil, uh, Gillian, I don't know if it's Jillian or Gillian Jacobs. It was uh, Britta on Community for the Community fans. Uh, she is, uh, she's a big role in in part three. Uh, and she's really cool in it. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just, it was well done. And uh, inventive. once the, once they, uh, you know, pull all the plot threads together with all the, the witch lore and the curse and whatever, and things started to make more sense. It just, it became really like, oh, this is a really inventive and cool story. I don't know how, I don't know if it's like a beat for beat, uh, like direct adaptation from the books or if it's just like loosely adapted. I don't know. I never read them, but. 
I read them once when I was in the middle of my goosebumps phase as a kid, and I don't remember at all. Oh, okay. And there was a there was a little story um, interview with the the uh, producer or director of the thing. I, I don't remember their name, um, but now having seen how it ends and little like end like end credits uh, um, scenes, like little bonus scenes and stuff. It, uh, it lends itself to being a continued universe. Like this, this chapter is kind of over, but the director of the whole thing said they would really love if they, if they get the thumbs up to like, they, they could potentially expand this into a, you know, more like another trilogy or a show or something. Yeah. Yeah. New characters to focus on and like new, killers or curses or whatever um, nice yeah that's good stuff so meg and i checked that out um then i on my own checked out kevin smith's masters of the universe revelation <laughs> and i think i messaged you or texted you the the yeah, after i binged them all i was like holy shit i guess i'm a masters of the universe fan now yep um <laughs> uh, so spoilers guys if you uh if you haven't checked that out yet i recommend it. it's only five 30 minute episodes uh so yeah, far you can get it done real quick you know real yeah i watched the first one one night and then like a day or two later i just binged them all in the morning back to back and and um hot damn like it is just a fucking fun blast from the past yeah um just like high 80s colorful high fantasy and i think that's what one of the things i love most about it is that this isn't you know when you hear about some old property especially like a silly one like a cartoon show from the 80s that was really just made to sell toys um you know with a half-baked plot of just oh here's a skeleton guy he's causing some shit today and then he man here you know like ridiculously giant dude comes and stops him and that's that's how it goes week to week. And I'll get you next time. And the end. there's always like a, like a fable kind of message at the end. There's always some, good oh, some public service announcement. Yeah. 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 There was that whole push through the eighties and early nineties of like, uh, you know, Hey kids don't do drugs and recycle and listen to your parents and you know, all, all that, that good stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the whole, Have you ever, have you ever, sorry, I'm going to sidetrack a little bit, but have you ever heard the Hulkamania song? I forget. I don't remember the proper title to it. It's like Hulkamaniac or. I believe I have. I'm uh, probably blocking it from my memory right now. I only remember a tiny bit of the actual words, but like the chorus is like a bunch of people. I want to be a Hulkamaniac. Have fun with my family and friends. Like that kind of shit. Like. <laughs> <laughs> and then i think at some point like uh, like hulk hogan does like a little like a white dude rap <laughs> like you know <laughs> like always respect your family and neighbors and blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> oh god the 80s is so weird anyway so <laughs> so what i love about this i love a lot about this show but when you hear, usually we're conditioned at this point, whenever we hear that a, an old silly property like this is getting remade, revamped, rebooted, whatever, you know, however they want to word it, we usually know what to expect. It's going to be some like 
kind of darker, more serious, gritty reboot or something like that, modernized, et cetera, et cetera. This said, fuck no, this is a direct continuation of the existing property. And we're not like dark nighting this shit up. Kevin Smith is like, no, this is colorful balls to the walls, like 80s ridiculous high fantasy with ridiculously muscled chest with a thousand abs and, you know, he man. But they do also, you know, these are modern storytellers, like modern writers in the writer's room telling a, a, um, a continuous story rather than a series of one-offs. Yeah, yeah. And they're not, so they're not, like I said, they're not replacing or retooling the existing universe. They're just very intelligently building on it and expanding on the lore and everything that's already there. But it's still like the same wacky, colorful world. When I first started that first episode and like all of the bad guys are like, like rushing castle grace grayskull like they're invading and and you see it's like holy shit because again i we had this conversation like i i've never actually watched the show like of course i'm aware of it tangentially and i was always when i was that age it was all ghostbuster the real ghostbusters and the ninja turtles cartoon that was all me and i kind of skipped over gi joe and he-man i was aware of them maybe saw little bits but i never really watched it um but watching this first episode of revelation and they're all fucking invading. And it's just, you see that, Oh, these are action figures. Like this is just Kevin Smith taking every favorite action figure of his <laughs> and just mashing them together. Cause every bad guy has some ridiculously colorful outfit, a very signature look that was of course, like designed from a toy and, a, and they're a all unique. They're yeah, all yeah. unique. None of them are similar. They they don't like have this the foot type uh, generic foot soldier. Yeah, they're all unique. Yeah, they're all very unique and outlandish. Have a, a unique like weapon and like a name and wh- whatever. Uh, and it's and the world itself is this very crazy uh, like mishmash because there's the high fantasy stuff where there's like monsters and creatures and and you know swords and sandals type shit and at the same time you have like laser rifles and and like big giant like laser cannon vehicles and shit uh it's just like they threw everything at the wall (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but yeah so i saw those opening moments i'm like oh man for a second i was like maybe this is not for me. Maybe this is too (laughs) ridiculous, even for me. And I like some silly shit. Like maybe this is for like kids or like you would have to be a diehard fan of the, of the OG series to get it. Um, But no, no, it was very quickly proven wrong because it just, it just got me. Like, it's just fun, you know, just unabashed 80s high fan. Sorry, I'm repeating myself over and over again even down to like the music choice when all those battle mm-hmm. scenes are happening. Uh, Bear McCreary is the the composer who, if you're not familiar with him, he's done, he's done a shitload of stuff now. He's very popular. He, the first thing I remember him from is the Battlestar Galactica reboot series, which was fantastic. Um, he also did um, uh, the Stars Pirate one, Black Sails, Black Sails, which is amazing. Um, and all of his themes and like battle music and stuff, you you can tell the guy is a metalhead, and if you follow him online, he is a hardcore metalhead. So it he definitely makes, brought the heavy metal vibes from yeah, the 80s. yeah, 
you get the very uh like in the when the title cards come up you get the orchestral da, 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 you know big hero themes but then when the once the battle starts you're like oh shit that's some fucking power metal guitar going on in the background uh and that's just the feeling you get through this whole show it's just like it's a it's a big love for the og series it's not trying to retool or revamp anything it's just nope we're just carrying on with the show and um and there was the big backlash from a lot of i guess uber fanboys from back in the day or just angry people who want to be angry yeah, I think it's more the angry people. I wouldn't call it the Uber fanboys that were super pissed off. Yeah. Um, the Uber fanboys that also happen to be the angry bro, anti-SJW, proud boy type people, mm-hmm. they that kind of crossover is a little bit there, but I, I would say they're... I would say the majority of the fans are happy with it. Yeah. If they actually watched the show rather than stopping after the first episode and crying mm-hmm. on Twitter... Yeah. So um, we're obviously going to be talking, you know, straight out spoilers here. So end of the first episode, <clears throat> the big twist comes, you know, the, the, the big battle takes place. Um, uh, Prince Adam, who is, so this is how uh, removed I was from the show. I didn't even know that he lived this double life. I thought He-Man was just He-Man, but no, the story is it's, um, it's kind of like a Shazam situation. Like Prince Adam is this little scrawny teen, like he's royalty. He's this little, like, like seemingly sheltered teenage kid living in the, what's the name of their world again? Um, Eternia. Eternia. Yeah. And they're like, he's Eternia, Eternian royalty uh, with the King and Queen Mother and everything. And, you know, he gets the like psychic message from the sorceress guarding, protecting Castle Grayskull. Like, you know, we, you know, Adam, we need you, blah, blah, blah. You know, Skeletor and his minions are coming. And so he, you know, says the magic words and the sword and I have the power and boom, he's He-Man, um, which is just basically a pro wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> basically just an 80s pro wrestler. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All but roided then, out. Yeah. So he comes to save the day and everything and everything's going great. He has his, uh, uh, his, uh, trusted, uh, friend and I don't know if you'd call her a sidekick, but, uh, you know, partner, uh, warrior woman, um, uh, Tila, Tila, who she is from the original show as well. Um, and they're going, Oh yeah. In the beginning of the episode, she's like getting knighted or, or being announced her as mastered, the master of arms master of arms being promoted to master of arms for the castle and kingdom and everything so it's like boom time to go to war we're going to war like right now episode one they get there to castle grayskull shit goes sideways and uh essentially skeletor uh kind of wins kind of suicide wins (laughs) um tricks adam or he-man uh, into using the sword of power, I think it was, um, to unlock the power of Castle Grayskull. And the way they set it up, essentially, it's like, oh, the blast that is about to occur, and the sorceress like freezes time for a moment, like she, she only has seconds to hold back this uh, like universe-ending explosion. Um, and they find a way to divert the power into his sword, but it's going to basically annihilate him. And he's like, well, we got to do it because it's me or the entire universe. So Skeletor and He-Man get wiped out. End of episode one. And so, of course, everybody freaks out. Like, the fuck? 
Did um, you just kill He-Man? Yeah, what? The, the hero of the show? What? And then they use this device to carry on with Tila. Um, one of the the um, you know limitations, I guess you could say, of the writing in the old show in the eighties. Very commonplace, you know. Now it's like hacky, where the the superhero leads the double life, and you know he doesn't even tell his like best friends, you know. And that was very much the case in Masters of the Universe in the original He-Man show. Uh, Tila, you know, was was best friends with Prince Adam as well as like always fought alongside He-Man. So she knew both of them and was close as can be. And he chose never to reveal his secret to her. And there's literally only two people in like the inner circle of this universe that don't know. It's his father and Tila. They're the only two people that don't fucking know the secret. Mm -hmm. So he dies and it's a really amazing epic scene where um, you you see him basically being reduced to his natural form uh, as like the life is getting sucked out of him basically. And uh, that's in those final moments, in his death moments, that's when she discovers like, holy shit, Adam. And so uh, she has a great like, you know, when people bring it up later in the in the in the later episodes, uh, she has a great like, uh, uh, I can't use words right now. (laughs) She has a a great speech about her kind of she's, uh, you know, yelling about how like she didn't even get to like mourn her friend because she was just like so betrayed and hurt. She's like, why? Like, what? There was no reason to not tell me this and blah, 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 blah. Um, So after that, like, okay, Skeletor is defeated, but He-Man is dead. You know, the 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 world is safe, but they're also in mourning, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and Tila feeling so betrayed, like nobody fucking told me this. She's just like done. She's like, fuck all y'all. Fuck the kingdom. Fuck you, king and queen. You know, fuck Adam, too, for, you know, le- you know lying to me this entire time. Fuck magic. Fuck everything. I'm out. Middle finger, double middle fingers out the door. <laughs> and that's how the episode ends. You're like, holy shit. And then come episode two, of course some time has passed and she's just a, later or something. Yeah. She's just like a traveling mercenary kind of a, or adventurer uh, has a, a friend of her own, which I'm forgetting her name right now. Um, but another, she's the audience stand in character. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have any special powers or anything. She's kind of uh, she's another good with tech. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of a warrior with train in training. She's, you know, badass in her own right. Um, but a good sidekick to Tila. And it just becomes Tila's journey from this point out. And, uh, and spoilers, of course, eventually we circle back around to, uh, to Adam in the, uh, in the afterlife. <laughs> um, I'm skipping a lot. I can't like yeah. review the whole fucking so thing, but the story, the story basically is they magic is gone from the universe right. and people are, using tech and exploiting people and they need to bring Adam back. Otherwise the world is going to end. All right. Or, they don't need like... to bring Adam back. They need to bring the power sword back specifically. Right. Because Eternia itself, I think the sorceress and Grayskull, uh, uh, that's how she pulls Tila back into this world. She's like, look, the whole world's going to end. Like this whole world was created with magic and that magic is dying. Like it's at the last burning embers. If it goes out, like, 
basically all of our existence is gone. <laughs> so, uh, so they need to recreate the power sword so the power sword can focus the magic and bring magic back to Eternia. So they, they have to, they discover that the power sword has been split into two, split into two. Yeah. One's in hell, one's in heaven, the equivalents basically. Yeah. And they have to go to retrieve both, both swords and then reforge them anew. So they gather a merry bunch of, has-beens and they yeah. travel to hell and they travel to heaven Ooh. including um uh skeletor's right hand source evil sorceress <laughs> this is this is the silliness of here the the evil sorceress who is skeletor's right hand lady her name is evil lynn as in evelyn <laughs> but evil lynn they don't bother to reboot that in dark knight that shit like no her fucking name is evil lynn <laughs> But they, they joke about it a few times and they even even when they have a, a, a heartfelt moment with her and and orky yeah. uh, she says yes i added it later yeah i wasn't born evil lynn yeah i wasn't named that at birth. Yeah. <laughs> by the way there. she she was the standout of the show to me yeah evil lynn was my favorite character yes played brilliantly by uh lena Heedy, um who of course cersei lannister fame um, they even had, did you watch the after show? Yeah. Yeah. So they had a lot of quick little interviews with all the voice cast and everything, which was great. And they were joking with her like Kevin Smith's like, so this is new for you. Like uh, swords and fantasy stuff. Right. She's like, yeah, yeah. Never <laughs> He's like, do you, do you get, do you even get like calls for regular, like a rom-com or something? She's like, no, not at all. She's like, if there's it's a, got dragon, a dragon in it, they call me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she is a fucking blast. Uh, Tila, of course, played by Sarah Michelle Geller. Um, who else? There were some surprising ones in there. Oh, the the uh, Mr. Onion Knight himself. Uh, yes, Sir Davos. Uh, Lee, Liam Cunning Cunningham. I think. Yeah, uh, yeah. The OG, the OG uh, He Man actor, uh, voice actor. He was the Tree Man or Moss Man. Moss, Moss Man. Man. Yeah. yeah, he was the original. I think he was the original Skeletor. Actually. Yeah, the original Skeletor. Sorry, yeah, he, was, he was talking about how he found the yeah voice and everything. Alan Oppenheimer, I think. Yes. Um, yeah, who's he's man? He's old as dirt, but yeah, he still got it. <laughs> Kevin Smith, uh, of course, had to put his daughter in there, so she was one of the voices. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, it was one of the bit parts. Yeah. Oh, Jason Mewes also a bit part. He was uh, he was like the stink guy, stink man yeah. or something. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, uh, one more. Um, the Dark Knight himself, uh, Kevin Conroy. He did a quick oh, yeah, bit yeah. part. He was the um, the ocean dude. I forget what his name was. Um, the anyway. mer merman. 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 Yeah, he's the leader of like the mer dudes. Uh, he was. I think, literal, I think his name is literally merman. Literally merman. Yeah, <laughs> this show is very literal. <laughs> uh, but yeah, probably my favorites: Lena Headey and uh, and Liam Liam Cunningham as the master at arms that the second I heard him talking like, Oh, that sweet old kind hearted man. It's that old, like he's an old badass, but he's also like, wears his heart on his sleeve. It's like, I love that man's voice. He's so good. Yeah. Uh, plays it perfectly. It's, it's the type of voice that, you know, he's going to be heroic, but he's probably going to die a tragic death. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> In sacrifice to the, the, the main heroes. Yeah. Yeah, which speaking of, then eventually we get to man, this whole episode is going to be all about Master of the Universe. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, then the the shocker again 
they didn't kill He-Man once. They killed him twice or potentially it could be a cliffhanger. I think he'll probably live. I think it's a cliffhanger because like it is still, this is, this is the big controversy uh, on Twitter is it's a master of the universe. It's a master of the universe show. And Kevin Smith said multiple times, it's a He-Man story. Mm -hmm. So, I think it is going, he's going to survive, obviously, and it's going to be his redemption and his road back to becoming He-Man in part two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they, they've given this nice long journey for Tila. Um, she doesn't have to get sidelined at this point. I think it'll still be a lot of her story as, you know, he probably recovers from this, like, seemingly mortal wound. Um but uh, I mean, he's already so come back if, from paradise. So if they yeah, though if they do kill again. him, yeah, if they do off him again, he's done for good. He doesn't get to go back to paradise. Yeah. Like they explained in while they were in paradise, if you die, you don't get to come back here and live as Adam or He Man again. You get to come back here and live as dirt or a yeah. tree. Yeah, you're mulch as the mortals go. Yeah, you don't get your your great reward. Um, and they did a great job at, you know, making Skeletor a worthy villain, you know, not just a bumbling, yeah, you know, bumbling fool with that, you know, with that shocker. Like he doesn't just kill him once, kills him twice um, or potentially kills him twice. But yeah. uh, that spear through he met at this, that one actually did shock me. I, I, I got to admit that was that was like, oh, shit. Yeah, like the first time they killed him, I was like, "All right, okay, I can I can see that happening." But then that second that spear, oof. Yeah, and uh, evil Lynn, I'm sure she'll circle back around to the good guys again. We've, yeah. we've seen this story before the the former the reformed bad guy, then you know spend some time with the good guys out of necessity because they're all trying to restore magic to save everything, and uh, you know the heart to hearts and character building and all that, and of course. But in the final moments of episode five, you know, bad boyfriend is back. And you, there's that moment where she pauses like Skeletor is back there. It's like, oh. no, don't go back to your bad boyfriend. But of course you're going to. She has she has a great line. Like, oh, I was just starting to like you guys or something like that. Uh-huh. There's some like, pity. I was just starting to like you. Very, very Cersei. Just like her. As, she's had her little journey, but she's not quite reformed yet. And, you know, bad boyfriend's back and she just puts on the face again. Because nose goes up in the air and pity, you know. <laughs> but yeah. But yeah, I'm just, hey, man, it is just good. It was good. Fucking times. Yeah. It was good. It was definitely a good animated show. Yeah. Highly recommend that for anybody for just a, uh, just balls to the walls fun, whether you and watch the original series or not. And also, if you're on Netflix, check out Castlevania. I've I've been I've, I've been waiting to watch the final season because I know it's the final season. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been savoring it and just watching an episode here and there rather than binging the whole fucking thing. It is so fucking good. Yeah, if you haven't watched Castlevania, watch it. I think I only watched the first season when it first aired, and it was only like four episodes. Yeah, the very first part that they released, and then it took so long for them to release more that I forgot all about it. So and now, if it's all out now, I'll binge it. Yeah, uh, I think they might have a movie or something coming later, but uh, the series is done. They they said that they're they're done with the series. Hmm. This was the final uh, season. I think we talked about before in previous episodes that they were um, potentially doing, or or it might be solidified they're doing other 
like spinoff series as well. Yeah, I think there's going to be, uh, I, I don't remember if it was Alucard or somebody else, but there's going to be another, there's going to be a spinoff. Okay. All right. But this, this story is complete as of this, the end of the season. Okay. Cool. Um, the other major one that we watched this week, Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. So, I'm just going to say this is the only Suicide Squad. (laughs) There was a Birds of Prey movie that was okay, but the the Suicide Squad movie started here. Oh, Birds of Prey was good times. Um, So surprisingly enough, well, Meg's not here to to share her review. So we already talked about it earlier. I think she sent me texts. She watched it first and she's like, I'm not going to say anything until you watch it. I want you to have your opinions and then I'll lay mine down. Um, so she was not as impressed as she thought she was going to be. Really? Uh, yeah. So I'll just read the text she sent earlier. She said, I, again, she's in Memphis at her mom's house. I think my mom's audio on her TV was messed up because I felt like there was basically no music at the beginning, which, yeah, it was probably some audio issue. I was playing with settings later on. It sounded better in the last quarter of the movie. So not sure if my lack of interest was because of that. Also, I felt like most of the movie was very disjointed, especially because there was two groups you had to pay attention to and i didn't like that giant starfish was pretty ridiculous too <laughs> last way i felt the timing was off like the obvious comedy moments or lines just fell flat to me i didn't laugh i didn't find it funny or maybe they showed all the funny parts in the trailers so much that it lost it lust its luster by the time i watched it oh and they killed all the people i wanted to see in the first fucking 10 minutes i hated that oh <laughs> <laughs> so she actually enjoyed now Meg and I we talked about we legitimate we're we're one of the few that we legitimately enjoyed the previous Suicide Squad movie. It's not perfect by a long shot, but we actually were entertained by it. Um, but at this point, she said that she actually prefers uh, the David Ayer. Blasphemy. Even he, even he doesn't like that film. <laughs> oh yeah, but he's he... been clamoring to get his his cut just like, you know, the Snyder cut got released. Um, But yeah, so I surprisingly agreed with her on some points. I, maybe it was like too much hype building it for it to be this amazing thing after so long we've been waiting for this, but I found myself for some reason in the first third of the movie, a lot of the comedic bits were like falling flat for me. And I was like, huh, I was was like, okay, let me keep watching. But like, I barely like chuckled. I was like, okay, and that was supposed to be funny. Or maybe it's just gotten to the point where like, I know James Gunn's shtick long enough. Kind of like <laughs> we got so far into like Tim Burton where, you know, we're like, we're not impressed by no matter how many stripes and skeletons you throw at the screen anymore. <laughs> like James Gunn's little quirky comedy, like maybe, oh my God, am I over it? I don't know. You know, maybe I just, I'm waiting for more Guardians of the Galaxy. And this is kind of like meh in the meantime. I don't know. But that, that went for about the first third of the movie. But I was like, I'm going to keep watching, whatever. I wasn't judging anything yet. And, and I got to say, like, I know why they did it story-wise. You know, the shocker, everybody that you were wanting to see fucking dies. <laughs> that really bummed me out. It's like, I know why you're doing this, but, oh, man. Like, I wish you would have at least keep Flula and Nathan Fillion. Come on. Like, I really, that feels like such a waste to me. But, you know, whatever. And then, you know, they started backtracking to 
how the uh, the official team, you know, gets their mission and everything in Idris Elba and all that. And I was just kind of like, I don't care about these guys. Like, I, I, I don't really care about these guys. But by about the halfway point, they grew on me. And then I had a great time. I was like, like, it just flipped. I was like, oh, spend enough time with these guys. Good times. Um, uh, Rat Catcher 2, fantastic. The heart of the film. She's the heart of the film, absolutely. Um, Her and and uh, was it Remy or? No, no, not Remy. That would be too on the nose. Huh. Uh, what was the name of the rat? Sebastian. Sebastian. I love that Sebastian. fucking little rat. And I love that uh idris elba's character is terrified of rats that was great <laughs> i love that idris elba was doing good comedy here we're so used to him being so serious and everything even if he's, he's done like comedic bits like in the office or he had a small stint in the office there he's always playing like the very straight man and in this he still is because he's trying to act like this hardened criminal but then he has some fucking hilarious moments like being terrified of rats <laughs> just cowering <laughs> There's a scene in the in the in in the amazing like going through the rebel camp scene, uh-huh. uh, where him and John Cena are trying to one up each other with kills. Yes. And I then, think that's uh, where the movie really won me over. That's when I started giving like, oh shit, this is great. <laughs> yeah, jo- John Cena does a kill with uh, like exploding bullets or something like. He shoots the guy, and then he's like, wait, 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 and then the guy blows up. Yeah, and then uh, Idris Elba's character, Idris Elba's character uh, says nobody likes to show off and then john cena says yeah but when you're showing off of something that fucking cool or something oh, like yeah. that unless what you're showing off is dope as fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> idris elba like with the stern face he turns around like fuck and i'm like damn it he's right <laughs> like, that was true. dope as fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a little like shit like that it's just great and then if, then they get to the the hut where they're trying to rescue uh colonel flag he's there having tea with the rebels so like we thought this was the like enemy base the the army base and it's actually the rebellion against the the big bad guys and they just slaughtered their whole encampment <laughs> how did you they get past slaughtered all my men? their backup yeah how do you how do you get past all my men I didn't, they didn't sound the alarm oh i didn't see any men I, oh we must have missed them <laughs> <laughs> great as uh as uh uh, King Shark, uh, played by Stallone, <laughs> like coughs up like a. I think it was a ring finger or something off of one of the men. <laughs> um, he was a fun choice. I wasn't too keen on him so far, probably because of the brilliant Harley Quinn cartoon series that yeah. we know and love. And it's like, oh, King Shark is Ron Funches to me. Like, and they're now they're doing it as Stallone as his this kind of big simpleton sort of dude. And it didn't catch on for me first, but again, around a half point of the movie, everything started to really warm up for me. And don't feel, eat friend. Yeah, don't eat friend. And you feel bad for him when he's like, he's wanting to be a part of the mission. And they're like, no, you can't put on a fake mustache and get away with it. Like, go, <laughs> go sit in the van. <laughs> yeah, he's just holding, just a, holding up his fin to his face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, I love it. Every- it's- yeah it's like we still know it's you ah fuck oh <laughs> uh, i'm just yeah. sitting there crying oh so mm. sad yeah um every uh margot robbie great as usual as harley the best uh, action sequence in the film hands down was her uh her escape, escape. yeah yeah absolutely her escape from uh, the uh the 
army base or whatever yeah. the general was hands movie. down the best scene of the movie i, I yeah. would say and uh the the style choice where you know it's all crazy action and then, then at some point it's like we're kind of being transported in her like demented mind her her yeah. cartoonish the, world where all the, the music shifts like, and then suddenly instead of blood squirting everywhere you just see flowers and butterflies and yeah, shit animated birds like flying around and tweeting at her and everything it's like the whole world goes into toontown and that's her warped mind as she's just mowing down <laughs> like she's just murdering yeah with like two fucking m16s like side by side uh, <laughs> yeah look like um, scourge at that moment <laughs> yeah uh and i did appreciate even though they didn't keep flula alive he at least passed on his uh his javelin oh the yeah whole movie, she's carrying it around Oh no, she she lost it at some point. The the army took it away, and she finds it in that hallway, and that's when she reclaims it, and then eventually she's, uh, you know, uses I hope it. She to... keeps it. I hope she keeps it and uses it again. Yeah, uh, and that brilliant moment again, like the you start to get the uh, the feel good camaraderie moments, uh, like much like you know Guardians, James Gunn writing and everything, when um, Flag who's one of the only other members to return from the previous Suicide Squad movie. Because again, this isn't exactly a reboot. This is kind of a sequel. Uh, you know, they brought back Captain Boomerang, which of course is one of the sacrificial lambs at the very beginning of the movie, Jai Courtney, um, which again, I was bummed about. He's a lot of fun. Um, and other than that, it's just Flag and Harley. Uh, and so they're kind of buddies because they've been on an adventure together. And he's the one who's adamant, like, no, before we go, you know, attack the or blow up the base or whatever, we have to go save my friend. And she comes out from her murderous rampage. She escaped <laughs> herself. Uh, and she just sees them like, you know, uh, Idris Elba is like uh, repelling scaling a wall, or scaling a wall and everything. And flag is down there and <laughs> just walks up like, hey, what are you guys up to? <laughs> and and then he's like, oh, we're coming to rescue you. And she is so moved. She's like moved to tears. Like, what? You came to rescue me? Like, really? Me? He's like, yeah, yeah. It came up like a pretty damn good plan, too. She's like, well, I can go back inside and you can still do it. <laughs> <laughs> and just gives her this huge hug and everything. What's with the javelin? I'm waiting for God to tell me what it's for. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, him uh, too. Yeah, yeah, him too. Yeah, whoever. Yeah, any, whoever. any of them. Yeah. Um, and then eventually we get to um the big fucking starfish kaiju, which is uh, to comic readers will know as Starro the Conqueror. Is it the name? I, I think so. I'm, yeah. I'm not familiar with the DC so side, but some alien starfish from space, basically, and yeah. You know, but, yeah um i mean in general like it's it's very creepy and comic booky and it's a great kaiju it's just it's so comical looking that it just uh, it kind of takes away from it well i think what worked for me i mean meg mentioned you know in her review that it it was too silly for her or it was a bit it was a bit much for me what sold it is all the build-up to it because they're walking through that creepy ass hallway of all the fucking body snatchered people with, yeah. that it's controlling. And you've got the, everybody in different stages of decay. There's just a bunch of people like under its 
control with the little baby starfishes sucking on its on their faces and they're just like moaning and screaming and whatever clawing at the walls and then you've got that more laboratory environment where some of them are strapped down there's one that's been experimented on where it's been ripped off the dude's face and so his face is just halfway disintegrated but he's still moving and you know flapping the jaws and shit and the starfish are still connected to his face yeah all of that fucking body horror shit that's that's what sold it for me so by the time you get to this you know godzilla uh level starfish thing even though it's bright pinks and blues and yellows and shit it's still you know it sells it that this thing is fucking horrifying (laughs) yeah yeah and then it goes just like walking through buildings like an entire city, like with ease. So, yeah, that works. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's uh, I don't know what else to say. I'm just kind of bouncing around all over the place here. Um, I would give it a overall. I would give it a solid B plus. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's I mean, it's not my favorite uh, superhero movie. And it's probably it's probably the top three dc movies yeah i don't know i would call that for sure um yeah yeah not not perfect but just a lot of fun and you know the the main thing that deterred me in the beginning was the whole you know the the big shocky twist of the first team gets annihilated yeah Uh, i I knew that was gonna happen (laughs) i knew everybody that was a star outside of margot robbie is gonna die yeah Oh, uh, Meg said uh, the one thing that she did appreciate in those beginning moments, one of the few things that she really got her was uh, when killing Pete Davidson, because that's a bonus in my book. <laughs> His face just disintegrates. Uh, no. Um, uh, I'm blinking on his fucking name. Um, Yondu. Uh, Michael Rooker. Oh, Michael Rooker. Yeah. When he bites it, because he's fleeing, he runs like he he goes runs swimming for his life, and uh, of course, uh, uh, Amanda Walker just you know warns him like, "No, don't go off mission. Oh, you turn right back around." Blah blah. blah. And she hits the button and blows his fucking skull away, and the blood blast turns into the Warner Brothers logo. Mega yeah, that was pretty good. That. Yeah, I loved the uh, the weasel. The was it the weasel? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, did anybody check and see if the weasel could swim? <laughs> <laughs> that was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I I did like all of the. Uh, so in this one, Amanda Walker, I believe is her name. Uh, Waller. Waller. Sorry, Amanda Waller. Um even more villainous of a turn in this one. Like we always like, she's always been played as a hard ass and, you know, does whatever to get what she needs. He was a bitch this time, but yeah, you got all those, uh, you got all those awesome, awesome interactions with her and uh, Steve Agee, who is the, uh, the main tech guy, you know, monitoring the situation and everything. And even he, like from the opening moments when uh, she convinces, um, God, this is the one character I can't remember his name, so I just could call him Idris Elba. Um, the whole bit about threatening him with his, you know, locking up his daughter in a place where, oh, she'll probably die in jail and everything like really fucked up shit. Like, you get those moments of Steve Agee, like, turn around, like, fuck. And then at some point, he actually does, after it's repeated multiple times, like, you know, need I remind you, blah, 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 your daughter's in life. It's like, you were just 
you're just saying that, right? You wouldn't really blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and it's the buildup of her team uh, going rogue against her was played out very well. Like mm-hmm. you, you, in those final moments where uh, it's revealed that her whole reasoning for sending them in was to destroy the evidence that the U.S. had anything to do with that project starfish business. It's really all just to cover their own ass. And uh, which leads to, you know, flag dying and, and them, you know, she essentially is, she's like, well, you know, the, the evidence is destroyed. So mission over, like, you know, come on, come on back. Meanwhile, the fucking starfish is annihilating a city full of people and she's telling them to walk away. And then they make the moral choice to like, no, fuck this shit. Like, let's go, you know, do whatever we can. And she's even at that point saying like, no, you're off mission. Like get the fuck back here. And she's about to blow all of their heads off. And at that point I didn't see it coming. I was like, fuck, how are they going to get out of this? And it's her own team that swats the, her own fucking golf club at her, <laughs> which was an awesome payoff moment. It's like, yes, fuck her. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Good times. Um, um, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> yeah, you, we pretty much covered it. I all enjoyed right. it. Good time, good times uh, for James Gunn's Suicide Squad. There was a little headline I saw uh, just a few hours ago, uh, a little interview, snippet out of an interview with the, the president of DC Films who made it very clear, like, oh, yeah, we're, we, we want James Gunn back as soon as possible. Like, uh, they're, <laughs> they're very pleased with what he did with the movie. Uh, and uh, what was it? DC Films president Walter Hamada said, Gunn is always welcome back, whatever he wants to do. He really has a vision and he's a great partner with us. Whenever he wants to come back, we're ready for him. And then he went on, like he paused a moment. And he said, he'll be back. We, we have more stuff planned. <laughs> I say, give him creative control. Give him creative control of the DC universe. Hand him the keys. Sure. Yeah. Why not? I'm down. It'll be the next Kevin Feige. There you go. Why not? You got uh, else to lose at this point. The rest of your films are bombing. Like even Wonder Woman, if uh, a film that you could have mailed it in and did wildly successful with, you fucking bombed. Yeah. Well, did it just critically bomb? Did it still make a fuckload of money? I mean, uh, well, for pandemic times money? For pandemic times, it made a lot of money, but like considering what the what it was supposed to do and and how critically well and fan received well the first film did it should have done well yeah okay. but like there were there was multiple things in there that turned a lot of people off uh particularly oh, yeah. the fucking wonder woman raping a dude <laughs> that uh yeah, that's that's I a mean, bit problematic. Arguably, you can look at a lot of sci-fi fantasy movies, and if you look too hard, if you think too hard about it, take it too literal, you can say that about a shitload of properties. Like, yeah, but not too many people have a global hero icon that people can look up to, raping a dude. <laughs> hey, she's a she's a strong, independent Wonder Woman, and. Uh, What's a fucking reputation? I guess that's what she's gonna do. 
uh, well, moving on. <laughs> hey, speaking of uh, handing keys to the kingdom, um, Disneyland, the Magic Kingdom, has announced its new um, well, its replacement for the uh, the annual pass holder program. They you know they did away with that in COVID times because it was like, well, we can't keep forcing people to pay for not coming to a shutdown park. So they kind of did away well, with it and kind of said like, well, we'll come up with something new, you know, when things they wanted to get rid of it uh, a long time ago. It was, it was not, it was not value for Disney. It was value. It was actually a, a decent value for the pass holders. Hmm. Well, they've, uh, I guess they've revamped it or introduced, they've rebranded it. And now they're calling it the magic key program. And it's essentially a very similar program. They just, you know, changed up the prices and exactly what they're offering. This is a lot. Yeah. Restricted what you can go to. Yeah. So starting August 25th is when this new thing launches. You can order your annual passes if you want. Um, So it's four tiers. The Imagine Key, ooh, uh, is the lowest one. That's $3.99 for the year. 400 basically, for the year. Yeah, that's the lowest tier. Uh, and you get it's uh, everything is still uh, reservation based admission, which is what they launched once the park reopened, um, you know, post pan. Well, I mean, we're still in the fucking pandemic, but since the park parks have reopened, it's all been in order to control the crowds uh, reservation based admission. So you have to reserve in advance, you know, going for the day to one or both of the parks, uh, Disneyland and California Adventure. So with the uh, with these uh, Imagine Key passes, you still have to reserve to go uh, for the the lowest tier, four hundred bucks. You um, this is actually available to SoCal residents only. Uh, you can hold up to two days, like two reservations at a time. So if you have two, that's it. That's all you can book. If you use up one, then you can select another day, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and like the old pass holder programs, you get. 10% off uh, select merchandise and food and drinks. Um, and then everything above that is a similar iteration of this, just with a little bit more freedom. So the enchant key, which is 650. Jesus. Yeah. Next level up. Um, same deal reservations, but you can hold up to four at a time. Same deal with the merchandise and food, 10% off above. That is the believe key for, you want to guess how much? I'm going to say a hundred, a thousand, nine fifty, nine fifty. Jesus. And you can hold up to six reservations at a time, 10% off of food and drinks and, uh, half off of parking. So 50% off parking. I have no idea what parking is now. Probably uh, like 40 to 60 bucks. Yeah. I'd imagine. Jeez. And then last but not least, top tier is the dream key. Uh, and that is, Fourteen hundred dollars for the year. Christ. Yep. And same six reservations at a time. Twenty uh, percent off merchandise. Fifteen percent off food and beverage, and parking included. And also, just like the old pass holder tiers, uh, the under the old program, um, there's blockout dates. So if you're getting the lowest tier one, you only get a certain amount of dates to choose from. Each level yeah. up, you get more and more. Unless you're top tier, you get the entire year to choose yeah. from. So, yeah, 
Speaking of other Disney gigantic pricings, did you see the uh, the new hotel there uh, opening up in uh, Orlando? Is this the Star Wars one? Yes. So it's the Star Wars themed, I think Star Cruiser is the name of the hotel, mm-hmm. um, where basically every room is kitted out like you're on a Star Wars spaceship. All the windows are LED screens where they basically show space and have <laughs> generic Star Wars stuff going on. The entire hotel is themed Star Wars. Have you seen the pricing list of this yet? I have not, but I heard it was ridiculous. So for a two-night stay, can you can you guess like the general ballpark of where you're looking at the the bottom tier? There's there's like three tiers. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna say a thousand dollars a night, or for what is it two nights two night package? Two night package, you're gonna have to go up. <laughs> two thousand. For the bottom tier, it's like four grand. For one person? No, it's it's double occupancy, I believe. Okay. So for one couple, uh, one couple or a family, I think the they can they fit up to four people. So bottom tier, so the the cheapest room, the shittiest room that you can get on this Star Cruiser. Four grand for two nights. Yes. Fuck me. It, and people will pay that because it's Star Wars themed. Yeah. And it's supposed to be a whole experience. So you go in there and people are treating you like you're in Star in Wars, the world, world of Star Wars. Yeah. Like you have people uh, in costume, like all of the, the, butler, the, the, the bellhops and and the, the the maids and all the people that work there are in costume Star Wars look looking and like all the hallways are all Star Wars out. You can have in room experiences with Star Wars stuff going on and the on there. So like it's a thing. I can't believe I'm actually considering it, but no, I'd never pay that fucking much. You got to pay four grand to go sit in the. Uh, Star Cruiser Lounge and have some like pimply faced uh, freshman college students uh, serving you blue milk, sir. Would you like a refill on your blue milk? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, May the force be with you. (laughs) Uh, That's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah. Rich people, tourists will pay it. Yeah. Not even not even necessarily rich people like diehard Star Wars fans will save up and that will be their expense for the next two or three years. Yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah, I mean, I understand what they're going for. Like you're going to be on a Star Cruiser going through space. And so you've got like the the wind, the cabin windows are just like, you know, props with LED lights and everything. It feels kind of claustrophobic. Like I don't I don't know. To me, I, I feel like I would almost be happier with like uh, like Fifth Element, the uh, Floston Paradise, the the Starship Hotel thing in there where the diva sings and everything. Like, I think they were like in low orbit. So you still got to see like an awesome like sunset and the clouds and stuff. 
Like, I think that would feel more, I don't know, just seeing like a black box of LED lights as your cabin window, that just feels really claustrophobic to me. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it looks more of the, it looks like a slightly larger cruise ship room to me. Right. And it, it, it doesn't seem too bad, like the, the visuals, but uh, I, I don't know. It's still, it's still a bit much for me. It's a bit much. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> then again, you know, that, uh, you're you're in your mid thirties, Todd. That uh, Margaritaville life is a calling. I think it's kind of mandatory that you go on ridiculous stuff like this and cruises and uh, things where people are wearing big hats and sandals and <laughs> and Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> See, this is the exact opposite. The, the Margaritaville life is is living life on the cheap and just sitting on a beach doing nothing this is this is spending a good chunk of change that's true yeah <laughs> oh man well speaking of uh spending a big chunk of change next headline big news this week for trey parker and matt stone oh jesus creators of south park have signed a not one not two not three four five six seven eight a $900 million deal. Which includes uh, six new seasons of uh, South Park and 14 fucking movies. Yeah. So uh, under uh, Viacom CBS, who, you know, own like half the world. So that keeps them uh, on the air on comedy central for six more seasons. So that's running through 2027 <laughs> and uh, God, that feels space age right there. 2027 is a mere six years away. Um, and also under Paramount plus the 14 direct to exclusive for Paramount plus streaming exclusively there, the 14 movies, um, which I think they said are actually going to, uh, focus on other side characters. There'll be their own little side adventures, new characters, new stories uh, away from yeah. the, the main four kids. I, I feel mm -hmm. there'll be like short films and, and it's, you're not going to see like a South Park bigger, longer uncut every other year. Right. Yeah. That'd be insane, but, which is cool. That's a good way to keep it fresh from, from the guys who did the uh, six days to air documentary. Like that was already what, 10 years ago, maybe. Something and, like that. And even then they were like, yeah, every year we feel like we're going to fucking quit. Like the, like this is <laughs> like, it's so stressful. Like this is the last year. And then they've kept going and going and going. Now they're just like, well, we're just going to do this forever. We're going to do this till we drop dead. <laughs> do we know if they still do six days to air or do they space it out a little bit more? Cause I, I know there's still, their stuff is still like relevant. Like it's still relative relevant to whatever is going on at the, at the time. Yeah. I got to imagine they plan stuff out a bit more once they got into uh, the 2016 election, I think uh, once they were, they were leading up. Cause they were oh, yeah, with Mr. Garrison. Yeah. I think they planned, that was when they were planning more like season long arcs and they were still like touching things up uh, uh, on the fly. Because There's always there was, there's the famous story of them having to completely remake the episode when 
when Trump he won. who shall not be now named won. Yeah, yeah, they couldn't believe it, so they had to redo their whole fucking story, uh, or like you know pivot. Yeah. Now, on top of that, in this news, apparently there is another video game in the works. Um, not uh, no real word on what it's going to focus on specifically. It's going to be if it's going to be similar to the previous two RPGs or if it's going to be something new. Um, and also non South Park related. I guess they can't sit still. Uh, uh, Trey Park and Matt Stone, they're working on a new musical. <laughs> a new stage musical which It'll would be, be orgasmo their... the musical yeah <laughs> uh, that would be their first uh, trip back to broadway or to the stage since book of mormon which i have seen twice over the years it is fan fucking tastic if you ever get a chance go watch it <laughs> uh but yeah that's that's crazy 900 million dollars that's they don't have to do that. <laughs> uh, no. They're just, they're just, they're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in other fun news. Well, for me, cause I've been waiting for this a long damn time. Why the last man, the TV series based on the legendary Brian K Vaughn comic series is finally here. Um, we got a little teaser, I think within the last month, which was, didn't show any footage. It was just like titles and showing, like describing the apocalyptic event that happens. And, uh, just this past week, we got an official trailer with actual footage from the show, uh, the official season one trailer. Um, Todd, you said you, you've never read the comics, right? Never read the comics at all. The only experience, the only exposure I have to it is you and David talking about it. Okay, so yeah, you heard us talking about it. So it's this for those not familiar with it. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra um, created "Why the Last Man," a series that I forget when it started, but it ended. the The end of the series was freaking thirteen years ago now. Um, and uh, so it follows the the very beginning is a po- uh, an apocalyptic event which effectively eliminates. Every, oh, there's actually a log line from the show here. I'll explain it better than I will. So I'm just going to read this. Based on DC Comics acclaimed series by, by Brian K. Vaughn and Pia Guerra, Why the Last Man traverses a post-apocalyptic world in which a cataclysmic event decimates every mammal with a Y chromosome. So not just people, every mammal on the planet with a Y chromosome, uh, but for one cisgender man and his pet monkey. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow so that means like all like stock and breeding animals and and like food is is done yep, yep. so forced forced veganism <laughs> yeah pretty much yeah. uh series follows the survivors in this new world as they struggle with their efforts to restore what was lost and the opportunity to build something better uh guess so they're you... gonna have to learn to like monkey burgers later on so (laughs) but yeah you catch glimpses of it in the uh in the trailer it looks like a a fully cg monkey which uh from the quick glimpses of it you see seems like okay that's clearly cg but it looks good enough that it works uh we'll see how it plays out um but yeah we've got the the cast includes uh at the the lead man york brown uh ben schnetzer i am not familiar with him but apparently he was in the warcraft movie the i don't know maybe he was a fucking orc in that movie for all i know um 
Ashley Romans, who is in that Nosferatu show recently as Agent 355. Olivia Thurlby, who was in Dread as Yorick's sister. And Diane Lane, the only name I really recognize, as President Jennifer Brown, who happens to be the lead character's mother. Um, so yeah, uh, FX made it a point to show that they're, uh, it's the very woman centric production um first two episodes oh no the entire first season helmed by women directors uh and in a I think in a variety piece back in october last year fx was noting that uh uh the uh, most of the departments of the show are, are female the uh the directors of photography production designer costume designer casting director editors stunt coordinators um so, yeah. Well, when ninety nine percent of your cast is female, then your right, production yeah. should be also female. Yeah, so that's pretty rad. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I was talking to you earlier in the week, Todd, about this because this is uh, like you said, you you you're not familiar with the comic other than you heard other people babbling about it. But one of those big ones that people have been waiting for forever. Like to me, this is like Half Life Three confirmed that this shit is actually <laughs> happening. Like, and I was telling you the other day, like the, the history of this show trying to get made this adaptation, like it's, it's nuts, like, like in development and abandoned in development again and abandoned again in development in pre-production. And then they wiped out, they, they scrapped the entire creative team. They replaced them all. They're like, no, this isn't working. Like we're, we're going a different direction. And now, finally, <laughs> like 13 years after the comic ended, um, the show is actually coming to air. It's crazy. Nice. I'm excited for you to finally be getting to watch it. And it actually looked good to me as somebody who knows nothing about it. Like, it looked interesting. The breakdown of society yeah. is always something that I'm uh, interested in. Uh, any show that shows a breakdown of society is right up my genre alley. So yeah. we we've, we've experienced so many post apocalypses at this point, but this is one, this is a, a pretty unique take. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how, how they show, you know, everybody coping and trying to make the world still run. Um, uh, there was a, there was a scene in there that they showed. Uh, they said like within 10 hours, the, the, power will shut off and oh uh, yeah the, the, the president's like plans. what what city what what where are you talking about and then the lady's like everywhere yeah all of them yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's gonna be good i think it's yeah. gonna be good uh fx uh served me well with uh well the show that you refused to watch because of eye worms the strain <laughs> <laughs> fx has a history though i think it flies under the radar it, it puts out a lot of quality content like it had yeah. tuck it had the shield it has archer well had archer uh it, it it's put out a lot of quality content and uh, sort of gone under the radar yeah under sure. the, the fox umbrella yeah what did you call it the other day? You said they're like they're like AMC light. Yeah, <laughs> something Under, like that. underground AMC. Underground AMC, yeah. <laughs> AMC after dark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, hey, speaking of Half Life, actually, I saw a headline earlier. Uh, there is a Half Life Two remastered collection coming. Uh, not an official one. It's unofficial. Coming, 
Yeah, unofficial coming from modders. However, apparently with Valve's consent, with Valve's blessing. Uh, so. Yeah, there was there was some like database digging or something like that. That that uh, that there's no confirmation that it's got Valve's consent, but it's going to be listed on the Steam store. So that's sort of unofficial confirmation. Okay. And again, the Steam store will put fucking anything on there. There's so many fucking <laughs> porn and anime games on there that uh, <laughs> you can't even tell anymore what's what. I've seen those occasionally. I've looked at the pages. I'm like. It seems like a lot of work to get your rocks off. Like you could just go to Pornhub. Yeah, it, mean, there's it, straight up porn games, and they sell a fuck ton. That's why Steam doesn't regulate them. Is they actually sell a fuck ton? That they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it'd be funny if there was like uh, like a market sheet uh, or like sales sheet of just like all the returns coming in for the the quarter, and it's just like all the sex games are like way the fuck up here above ever, anything else. <laughs> Like you have you have the indie titles, you have the okay titles, you have the triple A titles, then you have the porn games. Yeah. And it's just like all the sales. It's how like Valve stay how Valve and Steam really stay afloat. That's the dirty secret. How do you think they're funding the Steam Deck? That yeah. they're saying that that's gonna come at a loss profit wise. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, the hardware in it is is higher cost than the, the price point. Yeah. Well, even I just saw reports recently that uh, the PS5, Sony did the same thing. And it's just only within the last couple weeks that they are now not at a loss. I believe it. I mean, they're barely getting them fucking out. Like there's still like nowhere to be found. You you have to just go on eBay and see like, oh, some assholes selling it for a thousand. (laughs) Yeah. That was the same thing that happened with the Steam Decks is like the the pre-orders. Like if, if you had an account that had a pre-order on it that was this year, they were selling for like 1500 bucks. Jeez. That's nuts. That's not even the actual device. That was just an account with the pre-order, not even a guaranteed device. On, ugh, it was ridiculous. There. Anyway, what do I care? I'll get around to the PS5 when the PS6 is announced. <laughs> and, I, and I'm getting my Steam Deck sometime late next year after they've yeah. already been out and everybody loves them and is done with them. There you go. All right. Uh, moving on. We still got a lot of headlines here. Um, yeah, let's do some rapid fire if you can. Yeah, The Boys. The Boys. Sweet, insane superhero times. Superhero slash super villain times. Uh, there are reports. I don't think it's officially announced, but there's you know, supposedly insider reports that they picked up an early season four uh, green light. So I believe it. Yeah, I guess everybody's excited because uh, that means if they got the early green light, they can just roll right in once they're done working on season three. They can start production on season four. Um, then uh, I right there be Carnage had their uh, their second official trailer. And oh, really? It looks bonkers. I still haven't seen the first one yet. No, it's no. It, it was surprisingly fun. It's definitely a Fox superhero movie. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have that Feige touch to it, the magic touch to it, but it was it was solid fun. It, it was solid fun. I recommend it. Um, Meg liked it. Who you know gets pretty winded of superhero affair these days so if it's mega approved then you know got tom hardy in it i mean she's gonna naturally like it that too of course yeah 
And one of the few roles where his face is not covered the entire movie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, except when he does go into Venom mode, but you know. Uh, Ryan Reynolds gave a Deadpool 3 update saying there's a they're really hammering the ship the script into good shape there's about he gave it a 70 percent chance that they're going to start filming next year so still a ways out but they're they're pounding away at it Uh, we want him to enter the mcu correctly we don't want to just half-ass it right no no it's it's ryan reynolds doing deadpool he's going to give the whole ass yes the whole ass you can guarantee that <laughs> guarantee. Uh, um chronicle apparently is getting a sequel a uh, pro- proto superhero film it's the oh. the found footage film with the the kids that become superheroes right i didn't see it but i heard okay reviews. it was good okay i'm not i'm not normally a found footage like type film kind of guy i don't i never liked blair witch i didn't like cloverfield Mm-hmm. Um, that never really held, but this one was actually pretty good. Okay. I liked, I liked Chronicle. Okay. All right. Um, hey Todd, remember when, uh, Byron was on the show and, uh, you know, we used to talk Trek every two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't talked Trek in a while. It occurred to me, um, uh, when I saw this headline this week. So here's some, uh, Byron, if you're still listening to the show, here's some Star Trek for you. Um, if, to all the Star Trek fans out there, if you are a fan of the current direction of Trek, uh, you're in for a treat because it was reported that uh, another big Hollywood deal, uh, Alex Kurtzman, who has been kind of helming the entire franchise for some time now. He's um, the Trek Kevin Feige at the moment. Right. Yeah. So he reportedly uh, closed a nine figure deal. They're, uh, I think it was one of the websites is estimating it's probably around the 150 million range that he is going to continue being the Feige of Trek for at least the next six years, um, you know, including being involved in all everything in development. They uh, they did mention the Section 31 show that's kind of been off the radar for a while. It is still in the works um, along yeah, that's with the only announced show that's not in production yet. Yeah, yeah. Along with continuing Discovery, Picard, Lower Decks, Prodigy, and Strange New Worlds. Uh, and there's a new rumor, uh, a new rumor saying that there's going to be a Picard-like treatment for Janeway. Really? Yes. Oh, I didn't hear about that one. I heard about the uh, Starfleet Academy show in development. Yeah, I think that one's, was that announced already or is that still rumors? Because that's been uh, rumored for a couple of weeks now. I think they did officially announce it. Yeah, uh, so the Janeway thing is still under rumors, and it's still, like, far out. Okay. But, uh, oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was part of the interview with Kurtzman. He, he did say that he was uh, uh, overseeing two more original shows. One was, again, mentioning that Section 31 was still in the works and officially saying, yes, the Starfleet Academy show um so yeah yep yep um we are just a few days away from from marvel's what if series and i don't know if you saw it looks it looks like um hayley atwell's peggy carter they are making the centerpiece of this show uh i think the first deservedly so absolutely yeah we need more uh peggy carter 
which and Haley Atwell and Haley Atwell. Yes. Um, so she is of course returning for, to voice the character in the animated version and Shit, she's, bring her back in the live action multiverse. Absolutely. Well, there's rumors of that now since they're making such a focus of her in animated form. And uh, it was one of the showrunners or somebody involved was saying that they, they already said that they're looking forward to more of the animated adventures with her. They're, they're already, because season one is in the can. They're you know, it's being released and they're already hinting at or talking about hopefully to bring her back for more in season two. Yeah, didn't they confirm a season two already? I think so, yeah. 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 But yeah, there's a, a that big means basically on her being the face of the thing. So. The only show that hasn't gotten a confirmed continuation is uh, WandaVision. Because Cap, yeah. uh, uh, Captain Story will conf- uh, will continue in, in four. Uh, what If is getting a second season. Loki is getting a second season. Yeah. So yeah, so WandaVision is the only thing. I mean, we're going to see her character in uh, in Doctor Strange, but yeah, she's not that's... getting her. Oh, sorry, go ahead. She's not getting her own standalone like continuation. No, no, but I got a hunch that'll be the main focus of Strange too. So, and yeah, well, we like... all figured she was going to be the Nexus event that uh, launched the multiverse, when we know now it's Loki. Loki beat her to it, or respectfully, Sylvie beat her to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of that stuff, there was a, a headline apparently that uh, there was one of the writers of the What If show. They were talking about uh, when they were pitching ideas for, for storylines. And the head writer of the show was actually, he got one of his storylines that he was really proud of. It was going to be about the watchers of the MCU um, or the Marvel universe. And he didn't, he didn't say specifics. He couldn't say specifics, but it was rejected. The idea was rejected outright after he did all this work on it. He was really proud of it and took it to the office. And they're like, yeah, you can't do that. Cause you're kind of stepping on uh, guardians threes toes. Like, yeah, that's, that's one of their, uh, prime rules is the what if show could not cover anything that's uh, planned upcoming in the, any of the films. Yeah. So I guess, uh, I guess we'll get some, something about the watchers in, uh, in guardians three. Um, Makes sense. Guardians is definitely watchers territory. Yeah. Uh, there was another uh, rumor going around that uh, Sharon Carter, AKA the power broker uh, played by Emily Van Camp will be back in uh, Moon Knight with Oscar Isaac. Oh, yes. Yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully her, I, I think she is doing something with Val. I think her and Val were the ones that were talking on the phone. That would make sense. Yeah. Two shady, shady characters always talking on a phone to some mysterious party. So, yeah. And uh, last in the Marvel news that I have, uh, <laughs> this this brought a smile to my face. Another fan favorite MCU character may make a return in or around the time we see Thor Love and Thunder. So there was a uh, an interview with a, uh, a producer who worked on, worked along with Taika on, do you remember the the short films that uh, that Taika yep. did with Thor and his roommate? 
Yep. Yeah, Daryl. Yeah. So they, I think they did three of those. They did the first one happened after right around Civil War, and it was Thor with a roommate in Australia. I forget Australia, New Zealand. Uh, but he's just kind of hanging out because he's like, "Well, yeah, I know, uh, you know, Stark and and um, and uh, Rogers. Yeah, they're they're having a bit of a." you know, a little, uh, you know, argument, disagreement right now. I'm, I've been waiting for a call, but I haven't heard from anybody. He's just like all bummed out that nobody's including him. And this um, is the, the joke that he doesn't actually have a phone. Yeah. Yeah. Send a Raven. Yeah. Sort of emailed. <laughs> yeah. So he's just <laughs> hanging out uh, with his roommate and just like living the life. And then later, I think it was after civil war came out, maybe right before Ragnarok, uh, we catch up with him again and he's still, hanging out with Daryl and he's just like bugging the crap out of him. Like Daryl's trying to like convince him, like you, you need a job. <laughs> you need to pay rent. And then the third one after Ragnarok was team Daryl, where Daryl ended up with a new roommate. The, uh, uh, Oh, what was Jeff Goldblum's character's name? The, the collector. No, he wasn't the no, collector. No, no. That was uh, Niso del Toro. Uh, fuck. The Grandmaster. The Grandmaster. Grand yeah. Yeah. So, so in this interview, this uh, producer, uh, Brad Winderbaum, who was producing those shorts along uh, with Thor Ragnarok, along with Taika, there was an interview with him, and the, the interviewer asked uh, if, uh, if they might be doing another short. They didn't say specifically, are you doing another like roommate thing? But he finished the sentence for him. He's like, are you talking about Daryl? They're like, yeah, yeah. Are we going to see more Daryl? He's like, are you want to see more Daryl? So he very <laughs> like excitedly said, well, you might maybe get to see more Daryl. It's possible. Yeah. So that'd be fun. Going to move from Australia to uh, New Asgard. There you go. Oh, that'd be <laughs> awesome. Maybe, maybe Daryl helps him get back in, uh, in Thor's fighting shape. There you go. <laughs> that'd be rad. That'd be rad if they just have him like in the beginning of uh, of Thor: Love and Thunder. So like if you're if you're in the know and you've seen the shorts before, you're like, oh my god, it's Daryl. And if not, then it's just like, oh weird, he has a weird roommate. <laughs> he has a weird roommate that nobody recognized that has a speaking role. What? Yeah, just an average Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, another little bit in Taika news: Leslie Jones has oh, joined. By the way, before. Uh, Taika's cameo in uh, in uh, oh, Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad. was yeah. amazing. That was wonderful. He had the crazy hair and everything. And you first, when you first see like the uh, flashback to the Rat Catcher, you know, Rat Catcher 2's uh, dad, I think it was kind of like, it was just kind of like an overlay on the scene. So you don't get quite a good glimpse of him. You just see kind of like this flashy uh, yeah, yeah. off to the side memory of him. And with the crazy hair, I was like, is that Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips? <laughs> <laughs> I was so convinced it was him. And I tried to look up like cast, is that him in there? And then at the end of the movie. When you actually uh, see him, prof a profile shot of him talking with his daughter. Yeah. And that touching moment where he tells her, um, like, where she asks, like, why rats, dad? And he said, like, oh, they're like the lowliest, you know, most despised creatures. And if they have a purpose, so do we all. That was wonderful. Um, but yeah, you can, there you see it's totally Taika. Yeah. 
But yes, uh, Leslie Jones has joined his HBO Max pirate comedy show, Our Flag <laughs> Means Death. That's it. That's uh, what you need to hear. It's HBO Taika pirate comedy show. That's it. I'm in. That Yeah, sold. Yep. Don't even have to say any of the cast. I'm, I'm in. I'm sold. I'm, I'm down. 100%. And then you get to the cast. It's, oh, Leslie Jones, Reese Darby. Oh, and Taika <laughs> himself playing Blackbeard. Yeah. So, yeah. Also in HBO Max news, this was uh, interesting to me. Did you hear about this Batman, the audio adventures? I did not. So I'm a little confused here. Uh, HBO Max is uh, there's this big announcement saying that they're pushing into podcasts. Um, one of which the big ones they're announcing is, I guess, a Batman adventure, I guess, like a radio play, like kind of which, you know, a lot of people are doing in podcast form now. Batman audio adventures starring Jeffrey Wright as Batman. Uh, Rosario Dawson is Catwoman. So and, I'm in. Let's go. Yep. And John Leguizamo as the Riddler. Sold. Sold. Yeah. I'm in. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. It's so crazy. I was like, oh, my God, John Leguizamo. Like, I haven't heard about him in ages. And we were just talking about him. John Wick. John Wick. Oh, yeah. He was the, uh, the, the body mechanic. shop owner. Yeah, mechanic. Yeah. Uh, so... But then I was confused. It says the audio adventures, Batman, the audio adventures will be released exclusively on HBO max in the fall. But I'm like, wait, it's a podcast, but you're going to have to listen to it through the HBO max, like app through the TV. I don't know. Strange, but I don't know. We'll see. uh, Go ahead. Oh, I was saying maybe, yeah, maybe they'll do that just to keep it exclusive. And if you watch it on your TV, then it's, they'll just have like artwork in the background or something. I don't know. In other weird random news, uh, casting for the Tim Burton Netflix Adams family has released. Uh They've got their uh, Gomez. Yes. Uh, Luis Guzman. I'm in. Fucking perfect. Yes. That makes me happy. That, he can uh, schmooze the pants off of anybody. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, not as uh, not as sleek uh, uh, face as as Raul Julia. No, um, who can be? Uh, yeah, I can't have another Raul Julia. Um, but yeah, Luis Guzman. He, that's that sounds like a bunch of fun. And I was uh, I was always a bit iffy on this show, but that's really starting to sell me. Uh, it's just funny because they got I, I'm looking at an article on Collider and they put a graphic of him in like the striped suit and everything like Gomez, <laughs> but it's his face there. And all I can think is the movie Waiting. Yes, he, that's the just, only movie I remember. I, like I, I put anytime Luis Guzman comes up, I just yeah. see Waiting every time. <laughs> yeah, he's been in a bunch of shit. He's a great actor. He's a SAG award winning actor. Uh, he was in traffic, you know, a bunch of shit. But I see his face and I'm just thinking, oh, the brain, the brain, <laughs> the brain, the bat wing. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, I want to watch Waiting. It's been a long time. I recently uh, rewatched it. Still holds up. Okay. It's, good. it's a good film for anybody that's worked in the service industry. I know the restaurant industry, like, gravitates it more but if you've ever worked in the service industry in general 
uh-huh. like waiting is is a classic film yeah absolutely um yeah i wondered for a second after i saw that headline i was like oh man i want to waiting again i was worried like is that one of those that at that time like you know college age that i found that was like the greatest movie ever like am i gonna go back now and go oh man that's so dumb and juvenile and like oh, I, get why I get why i liked it then but do i like it now i don't know it's still dumb and juvenile but it's still yeah. great yeah i mean that was the height of dane cook's powers let's put oh, it there God. you know him and ryan reynolds and fucking uh oh, he man. was bare dane cook was barely even in this and i think it no his it was his, he did this right before employee of the month i think mm-hmm. yeah i think that was his attempt to become a starring man yeah i think he filmed it i think he filmed it uh prior and then he i think in between filming it and the release of the movie that was right about when whatever his like big smash hit comedy album came out and then Dane Cook was fucking everywhere. And then, so like the, the poster for them, even though he's like the cook in the back and he has a, a couple little funny moments, but he's barely in it. Like Ryan Reynolds is it, it, the big guy in it. Justin Long, yeah, like he's yeah, like Justin the main Long. character, but hello, you look at like the, my internet the, connection has died. Uh Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you now good okay yay charter internet yeah yeah but yeah so uh like the you know ryan reynolds and justin long like they're the main like two guys and it's it's an ensemble cast and they all have like good moments but mainly like the heart of the story focuses around justin long and ryan reynolds being his best buddy um but dane cook was like all over the marketing like on the poster on the dvd and everything because the studio knew like oh this guy is a big star right now so like inject him into every image you possibly can yeah anyway uh and my last little bit of uh tv or movie news the bad batch uh bad batch got officially renewed for season two coming next year i have not watched the second to the last episode this is the oh, so good because you said this is kind of like a two-part season finale, right? Yeah, two-part season finale. So this past Friday I, and then this coming Friday. I, I got to admit, I, I was never really a huge prequel guy. The The prequel films didn't really do it for me. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was younger, like, I was kind of into episode one when it came out because I was at that age where episode one was still pretty good. And then episode two came out and I kind of, like, was disenfranchised with it and then episode three was also meh to me yeah so i was never really the the prequel fan like they're like the prequels have have had a a resurgence in the last four or five years of people like this the tables have turned and people actually love the prequels now rather than my generation and hating it yeah so i was never really like nostalgic uh for the prequels or really a big fan of them but this one kind of hit hit for for like giving the prequel era a sort of closure okay i won't say any more than that okay yeah and the, the more that they've i mean it's we owe everything to dave filoni because i mean the the way the clone wars wrapped up the way the bad batch has carried on it makes me give a shit about that era of Star Wars that I gave zero shits about before. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And this, sure. uh, this 
kind of starts wrapping it up. Okay. Cool. And we're, we're we're firmly into the Empire years now. No no longer the Clone Wars. All right. And uh, riding that nostalgia wave, last little bits here for the uh, the collector for the collector people out there that uh, spend all their money on toys that. I, a part of me wants to, but never does. <laughs> uh, there was a, a reveal for a very fancy Mandalorian era Luke Skywalker. Did you catch that? Yep. yep. I resisted pre-ordering it. <laughs> so there's two versions of this. One sixth scale, uh, very well done Luke Skywalker from those clothes, closing more moments of the Mandalorian season two. Uh, there's a standard version with a uh, new head sculpt, uh, Luke Skywalker in the Jedi cloak, LED light up green saber, uh, base room to stand on a backdrop and even little Grogu himself. And then there's also a deluxe version that includes all of that. Plus a battle damaged dark trooper, um, I wanted that one so bad. Yeah, so you can find those for two eighty-five and three thirty for the deluxe edition. Yeah, it's um, a little, little out of my price range. Yeah, it's so damn pretty though. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, it really is. Uh, I, I can justify spending twenty, thirty bucks every every now and again on a fig that I really want, mm-hmm. but for a display piece like that, I, I can't. Yeah, that's that's a bit. That that's half of that's half the cost if I wanted to get a Super Star Destroyer, a, Le- a Lego Super Star Destroyer. Oh, that Lego one! Damn. Someday, someday when I'm rich, someday it'll be mine. Yeah, that in the Hogwarts Castle. Like I'm not <laughs> even in. I'm not even big into Harry Potter. I just want to put that together. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, and one more in the uh, toy line of nostalgia, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which. I don't know if this technically spoils a little bit of the movie. I mean, you know, it's going to happen, but uh, there's a whole line of of figures that were announced and you can see images of them, of the, the young new cast and they're all the kids are in like official Ghostbusters gear and carrying the packs and everything and the jumpsuits and the OG crew, the, uh, the surviving OG crew. Yeah. Uh, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, uh, uh, Ernie Hudson, all in their old gear, like fully suited up. Bill Murray. Why, why is Ernie Hudson the only one that's got a bit of a pot belly? <laughs> Does he? <laughs> he? At least the angle that the of, of this figure it looks oh, yeah. like he has a pot belly. Oh. oh, I can't really tell. Looks like they really slimmed out Dan Aykroyd. That's uh, a. <laughs> it's very generous of them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and bill murray's got all the the full head of gray hair yeah yeah so that looks fun and that's all i got todd i'll bring it up since you didn't bring it up uh mm-hmm. uh we have i have hope that the orville is coming soon judging by some comments made by a uh an executive from hulu so uh, yeah. not only is Oroville coming sooner rather than later, but uh, season four is still in the works. Really? Yes. That makes me happy. I, 
it's just such a good show. I hope, I hope that this catches fire at this, uh, that season three, you know, I hope their, their viewership just explodes. And if Hulu promotes it right, then I think it would, because I mean, Hulu, I think Hulu has a broader appeal now to most, most under, under forties than a traditional, like air date on like Fox or something. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I was thinking about this a bit because, uh, I think I covered before or we mentioned before that uh, Meg and I watched, we caught up with final space, the animated big space opera adventure, comedy tragedy, whatever that I've been bragging about every time I get a chance to brag about it. <laughs> um, but that's, uh, that's the baby of the, the original creator, Olin Rogers, who, you know, brought it to pitched it and was able to sell it to uh, well, at first. I think it was a, tbs but then they got merged with somebody i forget what it was and then it started airing on adult swim for their second or third season it's been through a lot of like a lot of hoops in hollywood and uh, i was actually listening to a podcast the other day i just discovered um where he was it was a long-form interview with him and talking about what all the ups and downs of production, what went right, what went wrong, et cetera. And how even season three, they like barely were able to turn in their work at the last second. And the finale wasn't quite what he wanted. And to this point, they haven't been renewed for a season four. So they're in limbo. They have no idea if this is the end of it. And it ends on such a massive cliffhanger. It's like, <laughs> God, that would suck. But it's like, they were, it's just, he was going through this whole thing. Like this is his first Olin Rogers, a creator, this is his first foray into Hollywood and television production. And it's been the last five years of his life just to create these three seasons. And it's just been like a nightmare the whole time. Like it's been great, but him even talking with seasoned producers and executives, like, like, is this normal? Like going through all these hoops and they're like, no, this is, we're in uncharted waters here. <laughs> like, cause they've been through mergers and all this crazy shit and executive notes like at the last minute. They're like, can we change the finale to this? And just, <laughs> it sounds like basically the message is producing an original TV show is fucking hell. <laughs> and you'll be lucky if you get to do half of the things that you want to do to tell your story. So I think about this now and I think of like, God, I hope Final Space gets renewed so they can finish telling what they wanted to tell. Um, Orville, which is more of an episodic show, but they do have those arcs. Um, but again, it's been through so much with COVID and delays and not being on Fox anymore, going to Hulu. And, you know, it's like, it's, I don't know, just a, a general feeling of, man, it sucks to, you know, have this amazing thing, the amazing, you know, story to tell and just having to fight so much red tape and bullshit to just get it out there you know um anyway i don't know where i was going with that i'm just rambling now at this point but uh i did see there was a little thing about more orville comics coming out though later this year i think in october they're they're doing another run of stories there so that's always nice with these sci-fi properties especially like if even if oh you know management changes and they shit can the show or something a lot of times now it's like oh we'll put it in another form we'll put it into comics or continuing stories elsewhere yeah okay that's my impassioned nerdy speech for the night <laughs> we should get out of here i think we're creeping up on two hours oh yeah i think we passed it oh fuck yeah all right
thank you for joining guys this is tony this is todd i uh, hope you enjoyed uh, another uh, rambling two hours of geek headlines there's some good ones this week we covered suicide squad masters of the universe revelation if you haven't watched those already well then why are you listening to this episode because we just spoiled everything spoiled the fuck um, out of them yeah <laughs> go live your lives run go play play video games stay young Oy. while you still can <laughs> <laughs> later guys Bye.